0: This episode is brought to you by Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smartfood, add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com.
2: Welcome to the BBC Music Magazine podcast. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting classical-music.com or to our interactive iPad edition by visiting itunes.com. BBC Music Magazine is now an official Apple Music curator and you can listen to our exclusive playlists by visiting applemusic.com slash bbcmm. This week we've gathered together members of the BBC Music Magazine team for first listen, a monthly slot where members of the magazine editorial team chat about and rate an important new release. With me in the BBC Music studio today are Jeremy Pound, the deputy editor, and Rebecca Franks, our reviews editor.
3: Hello. Hello.
2: This month, we've been listening to a Hyperion recording of choral works by Herbert Howells, including pieces written for King's College Cambridge, the Magnificat in Nunc for Evensong, a Mass for Holy Communion, and a Jubilate in Te Deum for Matins. It's all performed by the choir of Trinity College Cambridge and organists Eleanor Cornas and Owen Park under their music director Stephen Layton. So, has this disc encouraged us to sing A Joyful Gloria in Excelsis or React in Howls of Pain? Let's kick off with a clip from the Jubilate. That was the Jubilate by Herbert Howells, written especially in 1944 for King's College Cambridge. What's extraordinary, I think, is these works written quite, you know, very late on in Herbert house's career. I mean, he was well into his fifties when he wrote these pieces, and yet they sort of have a youthful freshness, I think, and a, and a real understanding, I think, of the of the words that the choir is singing. I mean, it's it's music very much written for the words, Jeremy. It is indeed.
3: Howells's whole compositional career was was quite interesting because he he started off. Um, writing orchestral and chamber music to quite an extent. I mean, then had a bit of a horrible comeuppance at one concert. I think it was his second piano concerto at the end of it. A critic actually stood up and said, thank God that's over, very loudly, so that everyone could hear it. It slightly (laughs) took the wind out of his sails. And so, the choral music for which is the, the sacred choral music for which he's become most famous, as you say, was quite a, a late starting thing. Um, the King's Service is one of his earliest um, choral works, actually. And as you say, he is brilliant not just at um, setting words; every word has exactly the right place in the music. The music frames the words beautifully, but also for the acoustics of the building he was writing for. So here, he's writing for King's College, Cambridge, which has a very roomy acoustic. Likewise, the services he wrote for St Paul's and for Gloucester Cathedral. But then he also wrote services for the likes of St John's Cambridge and New College, which have a much tighter, closer acoustic. And so the texture of the music in those is very different. It's, it's very, very um, skillfully managed.
2: Yes, you talk about liturgical music written when he was old. But in fact, the next clip we're going to hear is um, his setting of Psalm 122, I Was Glad, written, I think, when he was a student. How's um, not really write uh, Very many psalm settings. But uh, there are two which are very well known and... Um, I think they're amongst the very best of their kind, really. So we'll just listen to Psalm 122, just a quick extract. So that was um, Herbert Howells' setting of Psalm 122. Um, Rebecca, as a student of, an ex-student of King's College, Cambridge, you'll you'll no doubt appreciate uh, the Colred um, settings.
0: Absolutely. In fact, this was my first encounter with Howells. I hadn't really heard any of his music until I went to King's. Um, And so for me, I have to say it is very much linked in my mind. This this setting in the Gloucester service, I remember the choir singing very often actually when I was there and it's utterly linked with the building and the the sense of the light you get in there and the space absolutely everything it, it, it all comes through in this music for me mm,
2: Absolutely. I think we should hear an extract from the Nunc de Mitis, the Colreg setting um, It's important I think at this stage to, to say that this record was actually recorded in Coventry Cathedral with the, um, with the organ there um, wonderful space they have there perhaps a similar
3: shape to King's College Cambridge in its, in its sort of stature and its size and its acoustics. I'm presuming that's the case actually yes because they, they haven't recorded in Trinity. I actually asked Stephen Layton about the acoustic in Trinity a while back and he told me that it was actually a very versatile acoustic. Now maybe that means that it doesn't quite have the bloom that um, King's and Coventry Cathedral has. I mean Coventry Cathedral's acoustic is absolutely massive so I should imagine that the sound engineers won't have had to add anything to it at all. Sometimes they add a tweak a little bit of sort of added echo etc but they don't think they've done have to have done that here at all.
0: Also I found a nice little description that the conductor Andrew Davis said of the King's Acoustic Um, when he describes there's the resonance, but also the softness that you get. And I think Howells plays with that. Um, I think in the the Nunc de Missis and the Curie, there's sometimes a sense of either the fluidity of the lines or a sense of something being suspended in in the space. And I think that comes across well in this Coventry acoustic
3: too. Also, what I want to point out with this particular bit here is that this is a classic (laughs) example of Howells using the building to perfection, is that we've chosen this particular passage because you hear his trick of he'll have all the voices singing in unison for a while it's almost like a plane chant and then he'll bloom out and all the voices will spread out it's like, almost like a flower opening it's it's so well done
2: was an extract from Herbert Howells's setting of the Nunc Dimittis composed for King's College Cambridge presumably Trinity College, college were not allowed to record in King's College um, yes. in, in, in any respect they, they don't have an organ at the moment so um, a double, double jeopardy I think
0: I love the, the, the full sound of the choir that you get there actually because you do have this idea of the King's Choir having this this purity and quite a different sound and here it's so rich and bold and and, and full Yes, very
2: closely mic'd actually um, obviously the balance has to be struck I think possibly with getting the acoustic and getting the detail I mean the words that you hear I mean Stephen Layton is clearly quite strict on hearing all the words but you still want to hear that bloom and so I think hats off to uh, to the to the engineers here for for capturing all of that I think
3: it's also a hallmark of Stephen Layton's choirs that you have this meticulous balance and it's not just in recordings either If you actually hear them live as well he spends hours and hours and hours and you can tell everything is just so
2: I think we should hear um, another extract, the Te Deum, um, again from the Colreg settings.
3: What I particularly like about that passage there is the way that it's almost like a set of responses within an anthem. You have the it's like that you have the priest saying the first line, then you have the antiphonal response from the choir, and then the priests the, the kind of the lower voices are the part of the priest singing the line, and then the, the the full choir responds again. And then when you have the the whole army of martyrs, you actually have the full choir there, so he's actually even responding to those words with the amount of voices he uses in the texture. I think it's, it's very clever.
2: I think we're going to finish with one last excerpt. It's a, a quick clip from I Love All Beauteous Things, one of the last choral works that Howells actually wrote, um, commissioned uh, from uh, the St Albans Cathedral for the Bound Festival in 1977 when Howells was around 85. Um, it's a beautiful piece um, with those most wonderful, rich uh, harmonies and exquisite sort of um, twists and turns. So um, we'll hear a clip from that now. So I think that brings us to the end of this
3: podcast. But before uh, we close up for the month, uh, let's have your scores. Jeremy. I thought this is a terrific disc. Um, i th- I've been looking forward to this disc coming out for a while, ever since the same forces did a disc of the Gloucester and St Paul services. And I wasn't remotely disappointed. Um it is beautifully sung, beautifully paced by Stephen Layton. The, um, the ensemble was wonderful. I've got one tiny little gripe, and that is, you mentioned earlier on, the, the emphasis which Stephen Layton puts on pronouncing words. And there's one or two occasions where it just comes a little bit over the top. For instance, there's a, a very rolled R on Serrafim in the Te Deum, which once you hear it once, you can't unhear it. But apart from that, I think it's a magnificent disc, and I give it nine out of ten. Rebecca?
0: I agree. I really enjoyed this disc and I have a real soft spot for this music and for this particular particular music, so I'd like to give it
2: 9 out of 10 as well. And I very boringly agree. I think it's a wonderful disc. Um, Beautifully played, beautifully recorded. The music is exquisite. I love the tempos as well. I just love the ebb and flow of all the music. Everything feels very natural, as Houses' music always should. Um, And because there is always room for improvement, I too am going to give it 9 out of 10, which is very easy for my maths this month because that gives us an average of 9. So that does bring us to the end of this month's podcast. Um, Do join us next month when we'll be discussing another new release. Goodbye. 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 Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts,
1: visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.